At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Asian Americans have played a major role in the growth of Georgia in recent decades in academia, business, and many other areas. Now they're playing an increasingly critical role in the political battleground of Georgia. Democrats credit Asian American voters for their recent victories. In 2020, Asian American voters increased the number of our turnout. We helped deliver the win for Joe Biden. We helped deliver the win for Raphael Warnock. Republicans have also increased their efforts with Asian American voters. The Republican Party loves the Indian American community, and the Indian American community loves the Republican Party. Yet when it comes down to issues, you hear some of the same concerns as other voters. Number one issue for me is the crime. Definitely what they're doing for the economy is one thing I would like to hear. Mainly the green energy. What are Georgia candidates and the political parties doing to engage Asian American voters, and what will it mean for the midterms? I'm Sam Greenglass, politics reporter at WABE. I'm WABE politics editor, Susanna Capaluto. And I'm Raul Bally, also a politics reporter at WABE. Emma Heard of Axios is away on assignment, and this is Georgia Votes 2022, a podcast about the Georgia midterms. I vote because it's a privilege. I vote it's a duty. because I want to make an Every impact. I vote my because local. I want leaders who care voting about Voting is the gift of so freedom. So voting matters to me because I believe there is value in my voice. So, Raul, after the 2020 election, we did a lot of stories about how Georgia had the largest increase in AAPI voters. In fact, the rate was so high that it was more than the margin Biden had over Trump in Georgia. Raul, you're Asian-American, specifically Indian-American, and you have lived this on a personal as well as a professional level. What's different this time around, if anything? You know, I think the first story I did about Asian-American voter turnout uh, in Georgia was 2006. And, And every time I would do the story, you know, you'd end up getting light turnout from the Asian-American community. Um, when, when election time came around, candidates would tell me that they struggled in outreach, whether it was fundraising or just getting voters out. And then in 2020, you saw this massive jump in Georgia, a jump, depending on whose data you were looking at, 60 to 90% increase in ballots cast by Asian American voters in Georgia. And that was going from 2016 to 2020. Let me let me put those kind of in hard numbers. The Asian American Advocacy Fund estimated that 185,000 Asian Americans voted in Georgia in 2020. Remember, Joe Biden's victory in Georgia, less than 12,000 votes. And while you see the Asian American community voting heavily Democratic, you've absolutely seen a major effort by Republicans to engage Asian American voters. Again, let's go back to 2020. There was an Indian Voices for Trump event that featured Eric Trump here in the Atlanta area. On the Democratic side, of course, you had Kamala Harris at the top of the ballot, an Indian American woman. And then also on the ground, I saw specific efforts aimed at Asian American voters. There was a group called They See Blue. 
That's a play off the word Desi, which refers to South Asians. So you saw this massive effort in 2020. So how are things looking now on the ground? What are you seeing? So let's start with the Republican outreach to the Asian American community. Let me set the stage for you. Global Mall in Gwinnett County has been central to the Indian American community for years. I've been going there for years. I mean, the baby shower for our first child was there. And so you hear the Indian music here in the background at a rally for Herschel Walker. And he was joined by former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, another high profile Indian American woman. And that got my attention. And of course, I got the attention of the Indian American community. Look, especially with Asian American voters, retail politics really matter. Seeing a candidate in person really could make a difference whether someone votes or not. And I think Walker and Haley ended up staying at least 30 to 45 minutes to take a picture with every single person. That line was about, and I'm guessing, about 100 people. And, and as we've talked about, uh, Emma Hurt and I have mentioned in the past, the RNC has opened a office that is aimed at Asian American voters also in Gwinnett County. And so, Raul, why do you think Republicans are putting so much effort into engaging the Asian American community? I mean, I imagine there might be easier demographics to juice their turnout rather than, you know, spending time uh, trying to win over votes from this demographic. It's both demographics, Sam, but also kind of reality. You know, rural Georgia is shrinking or at least not growing as fast as, as metro Atlanta. And rural Georgia is where a significant portion of the Republican Party bases. So they need to find more voters. For Republicans to fight in the suburbs of Atlanta, they're going to have to go after Asian American voters and Latino voters and black voters on on issues that they can bring them in. Now look, about there are about a half a million Asian Americans in Georgia of a state of 11 million people. So that's about four to five percent. That matters in a state where elections are being decided by less than 1%. As for Democrats, you know, they've had an edge for years. Democrats partially credit Asian American voter turnout for flipping Georgia for Joe Biden, for Senators Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. Let me take you a few exits up Interstate 85 from the Herschel Walker rally to an Asian American event for Walker's opponent, Senator Raphael Warnock. It was held in a park that's popular with Asian Americans. I do play dates there with other Asian American families. And you had a number of statewide Democratic candidates there, including B. Wynn, who is the only Asian American on the statewide ballot this time around. She's running for Secretary of State. And one of the things she talked about was what happened in 2020. Knocking on doors, talking to voters, and asking our mothers to speak to voters in their native tongue. How many of you all speak a different language in this room? Raise your hand. This is what is required of us. I speak Vietnamese not very well, enough to tell a voter to go vote. Sometimes you have to meet people where they are. You have to make them feel seen. You have to make them feel heard. And again, as I mentioned, that's important for any candidate with any party, a significant portion of Asian American voters, they just have to be met at where they're at. You know, in past podcasts, I've talked about events at mosques, Hindu temples. You know, I just mentioned the, the event at an Indian shopping center. 
But you know, one thought I did walk away from that event, Democrats still have a noticeable edge in the number of Asian American candidates on the ballot, not just B-Win, but people running for legislature and county commission. And right now at the state capitol, you have six Asian American state lawmakers, five Democrats and one Republican. What about the issues for Asian Americans? Many of the issues that Asian Americans are talking about are the same ones that you hear from other voters. Economy, education, crime. What may be different, there's a big emphasis in the Asian American community about education. So that's something that matters enough to where the right Republican or right Democratic candidate can get a voter to cross over on that issue. More recently, you've been hearing Democrats focusing on hate crimes that are targeting the Asian American community. And just this week, you saw a Democratic candidate for Governor Stacey Abrams roll out an ad about the Atlanta spa shootings. I got a call from my daughter. There'd been a mass shooting and eight people were dead, including her mother. After this horrible tragedy, Stacey Abrams showed up. And what did Brian Kemp do? While we mourned, he signed the law that made it easier for people like her killer to carry a loaded gun in public. Now, I'm not a Democrat. I'm a gun owner and a hunter, but I cannot remain silent. And for those who don't know, back in 2021, uh, you had a shooter uh, target a number of Asian spas here in the Atlanta area. He killed eight people. Six of them were Asian American women. As for Republicans, they're also talking about crime that's targeting Asian Americans, but in a different way. It especially focuses on crime aimed at small businesses, which is a significant portion of the community. Let me take you back to the Herschel Walker event. I talked to Nimesh Patel of Johns Creek. Number one issue for me is the crime. He's going up so high in Atlanta. I sold my business because of the crime in Stone Mountain. And uh, police, they, they just, uh, is not there anymore now. Bottom line, there are Asian American votes to be had by all sides, both base voters and voters who can cast their ballots in multiple directions. I'll be curious how those numbers turn out and maybe we'll see some polling closer to the election about the Asian American vote here in Georgia. But let's talk more about polls. Lots of them dropped this week. And while there's definitely some variation, starting to see some common threads emerging, what has stuck out to each of you? Well, before I start, let me just tell you, I'm sitting on the steps of the state capitol right now. So if you hear boxes rolling by and people chatting and lawns being cut, that is where I am coming to you from. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminds me that as we talk about polls and this moment, I've been so swept up in the campaign trail where a lot of this is going to end up, you know, in a couple months from now is who holds power in the state capitol that's behind me. Um, you know, a few polls have found that the U.S. Senate race between Herschel Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock is much tighter than basically any other race at the top of the ballot right now, even the governor's race between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams. So what's going on here? How much should we take from that? Well, I think one thing that's noticeable is the power of incumbents. You know, majorities in the state approve of their job performance, according to these polls, both for Warnock and for Kemp. Another is favorability. Um, Warnock has higher favorables in most of these polls than Walker does, and even a bit higher than Stacey Abrams. Now, I should say that all of these races are still really tight, but the Senate race, at least at this moment in time, seems to be the most toss-up of all of them. 
And, you know, while polls are a helpful tool, we should only take them for what they are, especially at this moment in the campaign, which is a sample at one point in time. And really, you know, anything can happen a couple of months from now. The most interesting thing that I'm hearing after these polls came out is the struggle that pollsters are having on figuring out what does Georgia actually look like? You've added more than a million voters. Who are those voters? What do they look like? And then figuring out what does the turnout model look like? You know, is it this many black voters, this many Asian voters, this many Trump voters? I mean, trying to figure that out, hearing those conversations has really been really interesting mm -hmm. yeah. for me. Yeah, I am really curious about the post-election numbers. I mean, my theory that Georgia is not really in blue territory may hold. I'm also ready to be surprised, like, will more women show up than pollsters are sampling, for example, or are more young people going to show up than polls are tapping? It's just so on the margins that any small deviation can tip the scale. It's the down-ballot races I will be looking at. If Democrats get traction down-ballot, the state is moving into bluer territory. But we will see. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's been on this trajectory of getting more blue, at least since the beginning of 2018. But if Democrats lose up and down the ballot this fall, it will be the first backslide for them in a while, which definitely muddies the water of this forward momentum that Democrats have been really excited about for the last couple of years. However, I just want to say let's not get ahead of ourselves here because Election Day is still some, you know, 50-some days from now. So I, I don't want to make too many predictions or, uh, you know, come out saying this is going to land one way or the other. There's still a lot of time left. Wise words, Sam. Very wise. Let's take a break here. I'm Susanna Capaluto, and this is Georgia Votes 2022. Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. <laughs> Hey, y'all. I'm Mark Kendall. And I'm David Perdue. And we're the hosts of What's Good Atlanta, the new weekly comedy podcast from WABE. On What's Good Atlanta, we run down uplifting and unusual headlines from the universe known as Atlanta. And while we may not be journalists, we are comedians, and we'll be breaking down news and breaking down the stories that make you smile. We're just trying to see what's good, Atlanta. Episodes drop Fridays at WABE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I get mine from a guy named Craig. Shout out to Craig. Mm -hmm. WABE. <laughs> Welcome back to Georgia Votes 2022. It's fall in Georgia, and that means college football season, and the UGA Bulldogs are just pummeling every team they've met, and they are number one in the country, defending their national championship. And it looks like candidates from both parties want to capitalize on the passion with UGA football especially. So are the Bulldogs a Republican or Democratic team? <laughs> I don't know if if the Bulldogs are Republican or a Democratic team, but I do know that Herschel is a big deal in the UGA world. You know, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. He helped lead UGA to a national title in the 80s. You know, it's, you know, when they play 
old highlights of UGA, you see Herschel. I mean, because he was one of the greatest Bulldogs of all time. Now, what does Herschel mean in the election? Probably the most interesting conversation I had was with Emily Fultz. She's a Democrat who I met at a, an event in Roswell. And, and she talked about her concern about Herschel Walker's name recognition when it comes to November. I worry about Herschel Walker's name ID. Um, I, the polls seem positive and in favor of Raphael Warnock. And, you know, I really hope that he wins. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure he does. But for a voter who might not be educated, who might be a UGA football fan, <laughs> and just see Herschel, War uh, Herschel Walker's name on the ballot, um, that might be something that, you know, if they're not, if they don't know any better, they might just pick him. And so that's something that could work against us. So those are kinds of things that, I don't know, keep me up at night. Some of that same thought could be said for the governor's race. You know, Governor Kemp, he's from the Athens area. He's showed up to multiple tailgates. You know, he spoke at the national championship celebration. That link between Kemp and UGA is something that, that you'll see as well. But I do want to mention that Stacey Abrams has been to Athens, and uh, Raphael Warnock now has a T-shirt out that says Dogs for Warnock because there are Democrats that went to UGA, and they're also uh, Georgia Bulldog fans, and they want to let people know that Maybe the UGA football team is not completely in Republican territory. And, you know, I don't know what to tell you guys about any of this because real football is played in Michigan Stadium, the big house. Uh, go blue. Oh, yes, Sam. Well, Michigan is number four and Georgia is number one in the AP poll. So there. And in the words of the great humorist Louis <laughs> Grizzard, Delta is ready when you are, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, we're now two months out from Election Day. Soon, focus will shift to election officials preparing for the big day. And for voting, which begins when absentee ballots start going out next month, you listened to a call with the National Election Crisis Task Force. What did you hear? Well, you know, in 2020, election systems in Georgia and around the country were tested like I'd say never before. Uh, you know, remember two years ago, election officials had to manage voting during a pandemic and then also deal with efforts to undermine trust in elections. Uh, Jennifer Morell with the elections group firm who spoke on this call says that some veteran election officials have since quit and many of those who are left have had to devote so much energy to defending the integrity of the last election while they're trying to plan for this one. My fear is that an innocent mistake or even something more normal, like long lines or the delayed opening of a polling location or a longer than expected time to report initial results on election night will somehow be used to further undermine the work of these election professionals. And Morel says voters and officials are navigating new election laws, sometimes with fewer resources, and she's concerned about efforts by some groups to recruit election deniers to work the polls. She's saying right now that sharing reliable information about how voting works will be really crucial to combating this election disinformation. And, you know, on Thursday, Raul and I met with the folks at Georgia's Secretary of State's office who are working to take on these same challenges and want the media's help to communicate about them. And one other thing that I want to mention from some of the election officials I talked to from outside of the Atlanta area, 
um, is the concern about having enough election workers for whatever reason, whether they've gotten older and have just simply left the system or they're concerned about everything that's been happening around elections and what that's going to mean for the voting experience. That's something I'm definitely watching is the number of election workers, both inside the Atlanta area, but also in rural Georgia. Yeah, I've seen a lot of call outs for election volunteers. So if you're a good citizen, go volunteer. Now, what's on tap for next week for you guys? Well, lately, I've been spending a lot of time in Atlanta's northern suburbs, you know, think Alpharetta, Roswell, Johns Creek, especially given the poll findings that we were talking about earlier. Uh, On Tuesday, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin is going to campaign with Governor Kemp in Alpharetta. Uh, If you remember, Youngkin quickly became a star in the GOP for flipping Virginia red in 2019, a state that had been voting for Democrats for the last couple of cycles. And the Kemp campaign may think that Youngkin has appeal to suburban, independent-minded voters in places like Alpharetta that he is trying to court. You know, maybe some of these folks that are voting for Warnock, but also might be inclined to vote for Kemp in the governor's race. I've been talking to a lot of those voters, and I'm looking forward to bringing you some more of that reporting next week. All right, that's it for this edition of Georgia Votes 2022. Sam Raul, thank you for your time. Thanks, Susanna. I'll see you on the Capitol steps in a few minutes, Sam. Georgia Votes 2022 comes to you from the WABE Politics Desk. Kevin Rinker is our producer. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at georgiavotes at wabe.org. And the NPR Politics Podcast comes to the Bucket Theater on October 20th. We hope to see you there. Oh, and please rate this podcast. We'll see you next week.